My name is uh, Brianna, and this is the first podcast of Ready Cassette Go, a Disney podcast for 90s kids. Mm-hmm. My name is Catherine, and I am Ben. And we're basically all a bunch of Disney fanatics um, <laughs> who basically need an excuse to watch Disney films as an adult. Not, Not that, that you, you need one. Yeah, no, yeah. no, we don't need any alibi for that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I think, I don't know, what else can we tell them before we start? I, I, I came up with the idea randomly, I remember texting you and be like, Catherine, we're gonna do a can podcast! Can we do a podcast? Oh my gosh. And then I think it just kind of spawned off that we wanted to highlight on underappreciated movies, slash yeah. Pixar movies, slash... And Disney, know. you know, generally from like the... I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll focus on a variety of eras, but I, I think especially there'll be an emphasis on, like, 90s and 2000s Disney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the original ones that we grew up with, but I think we can definitely include the newbies, too. Right, yeah. 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 No. Being, um, being true 90s kids, in our true 90s fashion, we yeah. will be highlighting the good ones. So, <laughs> in case you didn't notice the wordplay already... Um, the cassette is because, if any 90s kid remembers, the huge, um, like, intro that would practically explode your speakers was coming soon to own on video and... Yeah, coming soon to own on video cassette. So many memories of that. With, like, the big blue, blue castle and the curse of letters. Yeah! And then, well, do you guys remember when they finally added the the coming soon to own on DVD and VHS? Yeah, yeah and I'm like, what is this blasphemy? DVD? Who needs that? Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. I still don't think I've forgiven my mom from chucking out all of our VHS versions of the Disney tapes. And now on Amazon, I saw how much a Beauty and the Beast VHS went for, and I was like, Mom, that could have paid for my college. <laughs> I think... I think my family still has a Beauty and the Beast VHS, actually. I'll have to check that. Well, hold we on still, to that, Ben. Yeah. We still have all of ours. I would not let let anyone throw them away. They belong to me now. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, we might as well get started. Um, so we chose a huge classic. Uh, we The first movie that we watched was The Lion King. Lion King. Um, I guess for our first segment, we are entitling this one History of the Film. Mm-hmm. So these are random things that we've gathered over the past couple weeks as we watch the film slash we're all Disney nerds, so we randomly have space in our brain for these facts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Who wants to go first with what they found? <laughs> slash well, <laughs> I just think it really shows how much work Disney puts into these films when the, the, the original movie was released in 1994, but they started production of it all the way back in 1989. Oh, seriously? It was that yeah, they were they, yeah. They, they, they released The Little Mermaid in 1989, but at the same time, were just, it was just starting up work on The Lion King, so it was a long work in progress. Well, and I know, too, that they were working on Pocahontas and The Lion King at the same time, and they thought that Pocahontas was going to be more successful than The Lion King. That's hilarious. 
<laughs> I know, because it's honestly, it's, I mean, not that Pocahontas wasn't successful, because it was, but not to the same scale that The Lion King was. No, uh, the thing, thing about The Lion King is that, like, I mean, I like The Lion King, and I like Pocahontas, and I know a lot of people who like both of those movies, but The Lion King is just, like, a perfect movie. I, I don't know many people who can say that they like Pocahontas more than The Lion King. Because it's Shakespeare. That's it why. Is. Exactly. <laughs> they, it's basically Shakespeare. It's Hamlet. <laughs> but I think it's just, I think when you think of the 90s and you think of, like, solid 90s Disney movies, the first one that comes up, at least for, in my opinion, in my mind, is The Lion King. Yeah. No, it's a Disney staple. I think The Lion King just has, like, everything you need. And, again, I think that's because it does stem from Shakespeare. And it mm -hmm. has, like, it has action. It has romance. It has good music. It has beautiful imagery. So it's just, like, a all the all the details encompassed in one little package. And great characters and voice acting, too. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Can, can we please just... Like tribute James Earl Jones for like two <laughs> seconds. I seriously Disney hands down the best decision they ever made. Yeah. Yes, James Earl Jones and Mufasa was a perfect combination. Going through the whole cast list is so great because like Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. And even like a little Simba is um Jonathan Taylor Thomas and like mm -hmm. and you just keep going through the list and it's all these great. Well, when you think about like working. With with young children, especially doing voiceover act. I mean, it was very well executed, especially mm -hmm. for the time period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now, the world wants to know, what are they doing now? I don't know about you, but I started watching part of The Lion Guard just uh, to see what yes. they were doing Yeah, the, I mean, Disney has done so much with The Lion King throughout the years, but uh, The Lion Guard is definitely their new attempt at bringing it to a new generation, like, of children. Oh, yeah. And it's very much aimed at children, I'd say, exclusively. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... Well, because, like, if you look at, like, the Disney Channel when they did, like, Girl Meets World, like, that's more of, like, you're, you're tying in the 80s, 90s kids who grew up watching Boy Meets World with their children as they're now watching this well and it's not animated yeah that, but like but like watching the lion guard now have you ever i don't know if you guys have seen it like any episodes of it yet but it's definitely more like education driven okay. like there's actual i'm pretty what sure anyways, channel is it aired on it's like disney playhouse junior okay. whatever it is so now is it disney junior is it playhouse junior or is it disney xd Disney Junior. <laughs> I think it's called Disney Junior now. Because yeah, Disney, Disney Junior, is like I guess. what used to be Toon Disney, I think. Oh my now... gosh, yes. I remember. I, I used to watch the Timon and Puma show on Toon Disney. I was going to say, speaking of. Yes, yes, speaking of which. I I had the Timon and Pumba typing game for my Apple oh. Mac, the big one that used to have the colored back. Oh, man. I, that's how I learned how to type on a keyboard was with that game. Oh. That's so fun. That's great. But yeah, um, I, I've only watched the, the original, uh, like the, the pilot of Lion Guard, and I think that was enough for me. But I think it's, if, if it can successfully bring a new generation of kids to appreciate the Lion King, then I'd say that they should just go for it. They should continue the series. Yeah, I definitely, I wouldn't recommend it for people who have, like, seen The Lion King 1 and 2. Like, if you were looking for a continuation, that this is not it. I remember, um, 
I, I did like the uh, the Timon and Puma show when I was little, but I haven't watched it since, so I don't I can't really say if it if it could hold up still or not. I feel like the two Disney shows from the '90s are still pretty re- pretty relevant because. I have yeah. no judgments here, but I have Chippendale Rescue Rangers oh my on the shelf. Yes. You can see it over there. Yes. <laughs> um, but, um, and I feel like that is still okay. Because it's like watching the old Mickey Mouse cartoons. They're just kind of timeless pieces yeah. that anybody can really enjoy. Like, yes, it's a cartoon, so, like, it's made for families and like, small children, too, but anybody can really enjoy it. And I think that's, like, the the prime, not not the prime, but, like, one of the reasons why I love The Lion King is, mm-hmm. like, no matter how old you are, like, watching this film in, or any, any like, contemplation of it is, it's good, either way. Mm-hmm. Um, side note, the Broadway musical makes me ball on say, so many Oh my levels. gosh, yes. Adult level, you know. On the adult level. <laughs> yes. I think, uh, as far as, like, because the, the Lion King, the original movie, of course, is just as entertaining for adults as it is for children, but, like, the, the Broadway musical is... I mean, it can still be enjoyed by children, but I feel like it's a little more mature than yeah. the animated film. For those of you listening who don't know, the the Lion King Broadway musical actually debuted in Minneapolis at the yes, it did. At the Orpheum it was built Theater. for the Orpheum stage. Yes, it, it debuted on the Orpheum stage uh, on, in 1997, and I think my family we all went to see it when it opened, and I didn't like oh, it. Oh, I thought up, so I you... thought it was really boring. There were all these like giant puppets, and there was much more like ba- there was much more African culture imbued in it. And I mean, growing up now, that's I think it's so cool, and I love it, and I've seen it a couple times since then. But when I was little, I didn't appreciate it on stage. Oh, the the um, the design aspect of that show is breathtaking, and it was huge for its time. Like the, oh yeah, the costumes and like puppet pieces that Julie Tamer put together and I don't even know if they would technically be categorized as a puppet some of them because it was like an extension of the costume and she went into such depth doing research for that and researching the African culture and um like incorporating pieces of like the environment and pieces of the culture and fabric and colors and everything into the design that it's just gorgeous, and it was, nobody had seen anything like that before, ever. Oh, exactly, and I think that's why it took off the way it did. Okay, so for all of everybody listening to this, in case you can't tell, Ben, Catherine, and I are also theater nerds, (laughs) so if Disney has done a Broadway adaption, we'll probably talk about this for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I still remember, like, because my my freshman year, I did research papers on, because I was in, like, a global music class, and so I was talking about how The Lion King incorporated, like, pieces of the African culture mm-hmm. and its music into its show. And so, you know, I did all this research on it. And first of all, Julie Taymor knows her stuff, and oh, I yeah. just, I respect her on so many levels. But it was an interview that I was either reading or watching or something, and she talked about how the main concept that she wanted to work with was it was all in circles. And so going, knowing that and going back and, like, re-watching things in my mind and, like, remembering of what I like know the from the show, it's all in there. Like, oh. even... Beautiful. Do you guys remember the scene where the there's it's like a tricycle sort of thing and the gazelles are going around? Yes, that all ties into it. It just came back to uh, the, the Twin Cities 
last a couple months ago, and my yeah, family, yeah, my family and I went to see that. So I've seen it very recently. I've only seen it once, but I still remember like when we got The Lion King two. I still remember in the VHS there were previews for the Lion King Broadway show. Oh. They stuck that it was either in. The Lion King 2, or like, it was in one of my VHSs, but I remember seeing they're just like, look, it's all on Broadway, and look at how cool this is, and I was just, I had no idea what it was at the time, so I was like, whatever, you know, I'm like, six or seven when I'm watching this, and I didn't realize what it was, but I remember seeing that, they're, they're just like, look, it's on Broadway now, and everybody was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Moving ahead a little bit to The Lion King 2, I, I personally didn't really get it that much into it when I was little. Like, we, I think we bought it, and we watched it a couple times, and I I thought it was fine, but I don't know, for some reason it didn't strike a chord with me when I was little, but if I recall, the animation for it was much better than the typical straight-to-home-release sequel movie that Disney made back then, because Disney released so many of those uh, straight-to-home-release sequels back then. I remember, though, specifically that I was more obsessed with The Lion King 2, and I think it's because, like, there was more of a a prominent love story in The Lion King 2, so I think as, like, for me and being a real, like, girly girl and everything, like, I was more attracted to that. I should, I should probably go back and watch that again, give it another chance, because I don't, I don't remember too much about The Lion King 2, to be honest. Honestly, I think as a child I watched Lion King 2 more than I watched the first Lion King because yeah. I loved it so much and I don't know if it was because of the music because I know it incorporates a couple more like of yeah. the Broadway songs and yep. there are different there's different songs in it um I remember the song Uvendi oh, oh I yes I love um, that one so that I think I don't know I watched that one a lot I also watched like Hercules and Pocahontas and all the ones no but apparently nobody else really cared for I oh guess, there were so. there were some really bad sequels in that time like they had the hunchback 2 and Pocahontas 2 and I yeah I, those were well, terrible I can't sit through Pocahontas 2 but I oh you can adore I can. Lion King 2 yeah so. I love Lion, Lion King, King one too. and a half I also enjoy I, I love <laughs> Lion King one, one and a half so much Honestly, I think I know Lion King one and a half just as well as I know the Lion King. My brother would do the same. See, I'm the opposite. I can't stand the Lion King one and a half. (laughs) I can't stand it. It like when it came out, I was so excited because I was like, "Yeah, there's gonna be a Lion King three. I want to see what happens to Nala and Kovu." And then they did that, and I was like, "But." But I want a three. I don't need a one and a half. I don't need the in between. <laughs> well, I just I love that they expand more on Timon's story and that they just they kind of yeah. ma- they kind of make fun of themselves without being yeah. rude about so it. So true. And also yes. they they have a lot of like Broadway jokes in there. Like they Timon and Pumbaa openly burst out into sunrise sunset from Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Um. Ran, or and the the dig a tunnel song I that one I like yes yeah. the, the dig a tunnel song the, is great I love the scurry sniff flinch I love all of that oh I feel yeah like I quote a and lot. Jerry and Jerry Stiller voices Timon's I think it was his Uncle Max yeah that was it oh yeah, yeah. yeah. who was it that voiced Timon I can't remember Nathan Lane right now. yeah it's Nathan yeah Lane. whenever I see him in the producers now yeah. I just I can't it, it's Timon it's it's forever ruined for Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but did any of you watch the Disney cartoon on Toon Disney, Teacher's Pet? 
Uh, no. I remember it, but I don't was think it I a ever blue watched dog? it. It was a blue dog who dressed up as a boy to go to school with his owner, and his, and the boy's mother was the teacher. And, uh, no, I, I, I loved that show when I was little, and Nathan Lane was the voice of uh, Spot slash Scott, the dog who dresses up as the boy. And uh, so I, he was a very big, like, voice star for me in, in my childhood. You know, he was in a lot of things that I knew. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, also, random side note, just speaking of, like, voiceovers and everything, have you seen the video that was recently circulating around Facebook again that was, like, the Lion King bloopers? Like, they took the outtakes from the actors in their voiceover and they animated them. Did I watch that? Have you not watched that, Catherine? I don't think so. Oh, it's so funny. I have to go back and watch it. I feel Ben, do you remember the part where it... Like, somebody's just like, oh my gosh, Mufasa is high, and I laughed so hard because, like, James Earl Jones, like, trying to, like, drop his voice as deep as, oh god, it's so It looks like Mufasa's high. It's hilarious. It's so funny. (laughs) I was, like, cracking up at my desk at work, and I was just like, oh my gosh, okay. So for all of you out there that haven't seen it, we'll have to make sure to go see it. (laughs) Yeah, look, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube somewhere, so go look that up because it's, it's hysterical. We've covered The Lion King 2 and the Broadway musical and Timon and Pumbaa series, Lion King 1 and a half, and The Lion Guard. Is there any other thing we need to cover with where they are well, now? Well, if we go to the Disney parks and travel with me to Florida here. Okay. <laughs> All right, yes. we got to cover the parks. Listening. Um, Catherine has worked for Disney before, and I am insanely jealous all the time. <laughs> No joke. Yes, you uh, can catch me on Main Street when I'm there. Um, Yeah, so at Disney World, when, um, I'm trying to think, when the Hollywood Studios opened, it was first called MGM Studios, by the way. It's still Um, MGM. Sorry, it (laughs) is. I know, forever and always. Um, They finally got rid of the hat, so. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. (laughs) You can when one of the first um shows that they had there was actually a lion king puppet show i guess you could kind of say and it's where um the playhouse disney show is there now so across from the line or the little mermaid or one of those two i don't think it was where the little mermaid was i think it was across from there but it was this lion king show and it was lovely and it was for children and i honestly don't think i ever saw it i think it was gone before I got down there, but you can still see photos of it, and I'm sure there are videos online as well, but a very lovely little show. And then um, and then the Animal Kingdom opened, and Lion King had a much bigger role in, um, I think it fit a lot better in the culture of Animal Kingdom. And yeah. There's even, there's even a dessert, because, you know, there are ice cream stands all over Disney, but there's an ice cream that you can only get in the in the Animal Kingdom. It's called Simba's Paw Print. I, I don't know if they still have them. I don't know. Now I'm going to have to look into that next yes. time there. Okay. <laughs> See, because I've been to Disney World like four or five times now. <laughs> Catherine, you've worked there. Ben, like Ben's how... Probably ben, probably... you've been there so many times. How many times have you been to Disney World? I can't even count. Uh, at least 20. I'm not... Because my family are... We're uh, Disney Vacation Club members uh, since I was born. The first time I ever went to Disney was like two weeks old. Yeah. And oh my God. Uh, I'm, go- I'm going. I'm going for my honeymoon next July. So. Oh, cute! <laughs> my parents went there too. For my their parents honeymoon. did too. Oh. My dad refused to ride. No wonder we're all such Disney. I know, children. right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I'm also very familiar with the parks. Um, 
One thing that just popped into my head, though, and I don't know if they still have this or not, is in um in the Land Pavilion at Epcot. Yeah. There was a video like a, about like you know the wildlife preservation and like yes. you know like saving saving the rainforests, and it yeah. was like narrated and animated with Timon, Pumbaa, and Simba. It's hilarious. It's so funny. Actually, though, I hadn't gone to it for the longest time, and it is all about, um, like, encouraging people to be more sustainable and be really mindful about what they're doing and how the choices they make affect the environment. And it's very very politically driven, I feel like, but it's also very funny. And there's one part where, um, (laughs) there's one part where, um... The, The water dam? Is that what you're thinking about? Are you talking about the water dam? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite part. Okay, so there's this, like, it all of a sudden just breaks onto this water dam to show all the water. And what does Puma Puma, say? Puma just shouts, damn! Yeah! (laughs) I die every time because I'm sure it's going over all the children's heads that I'm, like, rolling over in my chair. Because it's so funny. Oh my goodness. Okay, see, because I haven't seen it yet, because I haven't been to Epcot since it's like one 2006. Of, it's one of those, like, you wouldn't go to if you don't have the time for I feel like. Okay. But if it's not there, um, I wonder if it's on YouTube. That'd be worth looking into. Oh, I bet you could, yeah. I, bet, would, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But back to Animal Kingdom, where see, you can see the lovely show. <laughs> yeah, see, because I've only been to Animal Kingdom once, and we didn't stay the whole time. Did day. you see The Lion King? No. Okay. So most of the time when my family goes to Disney World, we hit... Magic Kingdom, and we hit um, Hollywood Studios. Okay. Like, we, we did Epcot twice, but that was, like, when I was way younger, so I don't remember a whole lot of it, and then we only went to Animal Kingdom once. Mm. So I don't, and most of the time we just, like, walked around, because my sister and I were not rides people, so we're like, let's go look at all the animals, you know? Right. So I don't really, I don't remember big parts of that. It's okay. I'm pretty sure you can watch The Lion King online, too, <laughs> um, the show. Interesting. But it's so good, and it's... Very different from the Broadway musical because it's just a giant celebration, I guess you could yeah. say. I would yeah. say the it's very much inspired by the Broadway adaptation and Julie Tamer's designs and the look of all of the... It's very much inspired by... Thanks, Siri. Anyway. <laughs> um... Very much inspired by all of that, but it's also very different in it. And it goes through all the songs of the original movie, um, but it's, again, just, it's very different, and it's much more of, like, a musical review, I would say. But mm. still just as beautiful, and um, the dancing is phenomenal, and the singing is beautiful. Well, I mean, and I'm guessing, like, if you think about all, of, like, everything that goes into the Broadway production, I just don't think that they, they, I mean, they could replicate it on a park scale, but like you said, Ben... When you saw the Broadway version when you were little, it's just you need a little bit more of, mm-hmm. like, the concept and imagination to be able to project yeah. that forward. Well, and it, I feel like all of it has grown so much, and they just opened a new theater for the Lion King show, so it's much oh, grander, okay. and the lights are very clear and very deliberately placed now, I feel like, um, but it's a much larger facility to keep up with the demand of the people wanting to see the Lion King. I think I remember seeing something, like seeing an article or something, and now I think I know what you're talking about. I wasn't really sure before, but now the light bulb went off in my head. If you can't already tell people, this is obviously our first podcast, and we're (laughs) trying to figure it out. Um, 
But, like, random facts that I've just, like, acquired over time. Like, the scene in Be Prepared with Scar when all the hyenas are going, that's supposed to look like Hitler. And watching it as an adult, I was just like, oh, Disney. kind of scary. Oh, that's 17 levels of scary right there. Okay, like, if they had put that in red, thank God they put it in green. Mm -hmm. Because if they didn't, that would have been terrifying. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no. uh, You know, there are things... In The Lion King, that I think are... I can appreciate them more now that I'm older. Like, when I was little, I thought Mufasa's death scene was very sad. But, like, I'd never really known anyone to die. And now that I'm older, and, like, I've had a number of close people to me who have passed away, it's, you know, a little more hard-hitting, because you realize... Man, for a, for a, for a little cub that young to lose his loving father is just is just so heartbreaking. Well, and it's so sad too. And I noticed this when we were watching it is that the whole death scene is in Simba's point of view. It's shot the perspective of the angles that the whole image is drawn in is very much in Simba's eyes, and it's in his point of view of what he's seeing. And I think that's why it's so gripping the one exception is when scar is pushing off mufasa which uh simba doesn't realize he did mm-hmm. yeah yeah so we do know that but um do we know like any other random facts about the well, movie you, we were talking earlier about how they use some some songs that are there are some songs that are exclusive to the broadway show and then there are i also was looking into songs that were cut from the initial movie yep yeah, oh yeah, because we watched the new, we watched Kat's new version, the one with the morning report. The morning report, it. I love that song so much. Did you watch it with the deleted song too? Yeah, I love watching it with the deleted song, because it's fully, it's fully animated, you know, they finished it for the exclusive, you know, remaster DVD, but then the morning report was in the Broadway version, but as of 2010, they no longer have the morning report in the show, or the, in, on Broadway or on tour. Yeah, because the show got too long. Oh. When they first ran it, it was like, what was it? Like it was like two and a half hours. hours. Yeah, it was long, and so they had to like start cutting songs, and that one just got cut. Yeah, so when I, I I didn't realize that until I saw it this last summer, and there was no morning report, and I was like, wait, something is missing. I am not okay with this. This is like, like seriously, I think it's such a great song. Yeah, it is. And it was interesting because I've never seen, because the only way that I knew about that song was through the Broadway show. Because eventually I downloaded the cast album after I saw it. And I was just like, wait, this song wasn't in there. And then like, of course, you know, I went and looked it up and they're like, oh, they cut it. Um, some more fun facts are going into the, the grand detail that Disney went into this movie and, um, how much they used the Swahili language in the characters' names and the songs and every piece of it. And so I think when you actually look up the meanings of some of the words, it, it always is a little fun. Um, cause like Pumba means pig and Simba means lion. Well, well, um, it's funny that you say that cause, uh, Simba does mean lion, but there may have been a different inspiration for giving him that name. Really? Oh, really? Have either of you ever heard of the the 1960s Japanese cartoon Kimba the White Lion? No. Oh, I know what you're talking about, man. Yes, it was this old Japanese cartoon, and the main character is this white lion who loses his father to this tragic accident and then gets lost from his home. 
and he has to find his way back. And there is this evil lion named like Claw or something with a scar over his eye. And he's got what? hyenas for henchmen. This is all in this old cartoon. This is all yeah. in this old 1960s cartoon. What? And there's a pointed okay. rock. There's a pointed rock that the lion stands upon. People have asked Disney, and uh, Disney claims that they had nothing, that there was no deliberate copying. But then I was looking more into it, and the guy who created the Kimba cartoon died in 1989, which was the year that they started production no. of The Lion King. This is weird. That's weird. No, can we go? Can Why we go? are you throwing in so much controversy? Can we? Can we, can we, can we I just think it's funny. It's a little piece of history so that weird. not a lot I'm of gonna, people seem like to I know need about. To read about it now, but, but that being so said, The Lion King is a fantastic movie which has uh, a great plot, great characters. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I just think it's kind of funny that uh, I mean, could, they've got this. You could even they're... argue that they ripped off Shakespeare. So yes, <laughs> yes. Also <laughs> Hamlet. Also Hamlet. <laughs> oh, also um, side note, and I'm probably going to do this a lot, so feel free to make me stop. But um, whenever somebody says Hamlet now, I always think of Lin Manuel Miranda and that person that drove by. It was just like, congrats on writing Hamlet. And Lin's like, I didn't write Hamlet, but thanks. <laughs> Side note, Lynn, if you're actually listening to this, big fan. Yes, I'm sure Lynn will be uh, listening right in on episode one. (laughs) Hey, you know what? You never know, okay, with the internet. Speaking of the internet, um, I think it officially destroyed me when they were just like, so the opening lyrics to The Circle of Life is literally just, yes, there's a lion, and I'm like, BuzzFeed, <laughs> I hate you right now. I think I think it's BuzzFeed's secret agenda to just like mess with every '90s Disney fan out there. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I was just like, why? But the song is so majestic, and then you look up the scene where Simba's running yep. to go confront Scar, and yeah, that's I also so. Funny. It's basically just it's like, like there's a lion running. There is yeah, a lion oh, look, running. running. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, okay, well, it sounds a lot better. And I'm assuming it's Swahili. Yeah, I think so. Oh, one, one more uh, interesting fact that I found from looking up, uh, you know, information about, you know, Lion King and its, you know, in the days where they were still, like, trying to make a solid plot for the Lion King and writing all these songs that not all of them made the final cut, there was a song originally written for the Lion King where Mufasa was showing Simba around the Pride Lands and uh, Zazu came by, and he's like, hey, should we start the fanfare? And then Simba's like, Dad, we should have a fanfare. And then Mufasa explains to Simba that being king isn't all fun and games, and Mufasa sings in this bouncy little song about uh, the duties of being a king. So is there a recording of this? Yes, it's a, there's like a demo recording with like storyboard. It's like it's fully storyboarded, oh just not animated. And it's a catchy song, but including the song would have ruined Mufasa's character because yeah, it just makes that. him, it takes away that like solemnness and it just makes him a little more like silly, I guess. Okay. Well then like, I, I can see why Disney cut it, but oh my gosh, James Earl Jones singing. Yeah. I don't even, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not sure if it, it was, was James was Earl him. Jones in that, or if it was like an actor who was just like being a placeholder while to, uh, show the storyboards. So, we've been talking for, like, a while now, so we should probably keep going. 
um, with our finals. <laughs> our, our, our final. Why not? Why not? We'll just, we'll just talk for three hours and hopefully people listen to it. Um, so our final segment, and we've kind of been throwing this in throughout the entire podcast, is things we remember from watching it as a child versus things we saw watching it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, um, the like right off the bat, is Scar's sass watching it as an adult. <laughs> when you start to relate to Scar, you know something's wrong with your <laughs> life. And who could forget Scar's classic quote, I am surrounded by idiots. By idiots. Like, yes. who, who can say that they can't relate to that at least at some point in their life? Also, the, I love, um, and I loved it as a kid and I still love it now, um, Mufasa's line that before sunrise, he's your son. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, so this is a random thing that I remembered when I was watching it. So the scene, like, it's like that first scene where you see Simba for the first time. So, my parents used to say, oh, yeah, you used to look like that, like you were a little baby. And I got it mixed up in my six-year-old mind that I looked like a lion. And so, for the longest time, for a, like, brief period in my childhood, I was like, oh, I was a baby lion. Not realizing (laughs) that my parents meant, like, no, you were a baby. And, like, we got you baptized. No, I thought they meant lion. And so for like a year of my childhood, I would just be like, look, it's me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so there's there's that for you. Mm-hmm. So well, uh, reading into more of the, uh, to all the songs in the movie, uh, there is some kind of some dark, unintentional meaning behind the song, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. It's basically him saying, well, he can't be king until his dad dies. So, I don't know if you've seen the um, the Honest trailer for the Lion King movie that Screen Junkies no. have done. But uh, they basically dub it the Be Careful What You Wish For song. Oh, <laughs> no! Why? Why? Oh. Which is so sad, but if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of true. Oh. Also, okay, I don't know if you guys ever realize this, but like going back and watching this as an adult... Like, that one point where Simba and Nala are in the elephant graveyard, and, like, Simba scratches, um, whoever, I can't remember her name. It's voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. It's one of oh, the Oh, Shenzi, Yeah, she's, like, bleeding at one point, and I'm like, oh, there's blood in a Disney movie. Okay. Like, didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, it's interesting to look back at all these Disney and also Pixar movies and notice that, like... You know, you wouldn't think of blood being in a Disney movie just because it's, like, it's very, uh... It can be a little much for younger children, but there are a surprising mm-hmm. amount of Disney movies where blood can be seen. Honestly, I feel like Disney movies encom- encompass so many different emotions. And that yeah. even today, they can be very scary, and I feel like The Lion King definitely has that, too. Whether it be blood or death or, like... All of the fighting scenes, I feel like yeah. even watching it now and seeing just how much they utilize, like, fire and, um, like, the color contrast yeah. of all of the settings to really evoke all of that. And I just get so blown away by all of the the beauty and the artistry. Yeah. And I think I appreciate that a lot more now, um, especially in, like, the character design, looking at the difference between Scar and... 
Mufasa. Yeah. And just how they visually portray so much. Also, just speaking of, like, like just the different tones that can be encompassed in a Disney movie, I never realized how violent that final battle between Scar right. and mm-hmm. Simba was. Mm-hmm. Like, watching it in slow-mo, I'm just like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like, when Scar is jumping through the fire, that is that's yeah. pretty terrifying. That's the scary part, yeah. I was just like, oh! Okay, also, random side note that I just... You know, talking about the random things that are all encompassed in this movie. Every single time that Mufasa died, we had to stop the movie because I had to go find my dad. If he wasn't in there with me, I had to go find him. Yeah, I did. It got, and it still got me as an adult. I was just like, oh, my dad. Oh, feelings. Oh, so many feelings. Because, like, you know, like, you have that relationship. And I think, like, old, like, as you get older, especially, you know, we've all graduated college. Like, you don't realize just how much, like, you appreciate your parents. Mm -hmm. And now, like, even watching it as an adult, like, I mean, I know what eventually is going to happen one day. But, like, I can't imagine losing my dad, like, that suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, Disney really put like it's heart and soul into the film it's like okay so how do you fill those shoes of your you know your parents i think there's this there's that side plot line of that no it's it's always disney's disney and pixar it's always their goal to break your heart by the end of the movie well succeeded disney in yes. like the first half an hour because he dies pretty early he dies pretty early on well and i think it also and i never i just thought of this now but like it also like gives people if they do lose their parents earlier in life that you see that your life does go on past that and you can mm-hmm. still have good things after yeah. they're gone mm-hmm. what do you remember ben from your childhood watching it that might have changed i don't know i just i I've been watching The Lion King as long as I can remember, and I always just enjoyed it for what it was, but once I got older, I appreciated, you know, just all the aspects of how, of just how deep of a movie it is. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, and that, and it just, it swings from, and, and, and like a good way. Like, you know how some movies, like, they'll swing from one emotion to the other, and it's almost like too much to handle? Like, I really applaud Disney because they swing from one emotion to the other. Like, if you think about, like, the scene, like, Simba's dad dies and then you meet Timon and Pumbaa and they're bowling for buzzards. And, like, and I I laughed a little bit because I'm like, oh, when Timon's freaking out over, like, Simba, he's just like, oh, look, it's a little lion. I'm like, I'm like that with puppies. But anyways, um, like, just that swing from, like, okay, Mufasa, like, has died, like, all this has happened. And then you, you swing straight into Akuna Matata, and it just it flows very nicely. Yes, they're very good at balancing the emotions. And, yeah, I just this just hit me. You know what else is so great about The Lion King that, you know, I've realized from years of watching animated films, both Disney and non-Disney, is that what can make or break a film is the the side characters like the, the comic relief side characters because some sometimes they can be really annoying or or like at least a little bit irritating but timon and pumbaa are just the perfect sidekick companions yeah they are as well as uh as, as rafiki too i mean rafiki's funny but you know he's also wise and kicks simba into uh back into gear when he's uh, he was feeling down all right well i think that is let's end by sharing 
probably the most quoted line we've used from The Lion King. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm trying to think too, and I feel like it probably has shifted as I've gotten right. older too. Like, it was probably different when I was younger, but I feel like yeah. there's so many, so many little lines that just kind of live on. It is a very quotable movie. <laughs> so yeah. quotable. Hmm. I would say mine, especially as I'm, like, becoming an adult, or, like, as even as, like, I went through college, like, there would just be some days where I'm just, like, I mean, I know we said it already, but just the, I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> I'm just, uh, like, oh, sadly I mean, to I'm, say, like, I'm sure that people Sadly to that say, that's the first me. quote that came to my mind. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm sure that people, like, thought that about me, too, but there's just some days, like, you know, you just want to, like, bang your head into your desk or something. Mm-hmm. And that line always popped into my head. Yes. It just shows how cynical we've become as adults. Which is really sad. It's so I'm sad. I'm sorry. I always, um, I don't know why, but I love the part where Timon's like, what do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? And then he <laughs> yes. does the whole song. And I know the whole thing. And so I won't sing it for you now, but I like know the whole thing and I think it's so fun. Yes. So what do you want I me to do? love Dress that and line. Dress and drag and do the hula? Hula! <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yes. Oh so that's definitely one of mine. <laughs> I've always, uh, not that I've ever used this in like everyday life, but one line that I've always loved is uh, just the whole exchange between Rafiki after um, after he speaks with, you know, to Mufasa in the clouds, his, his conversation with Rafiki and how he's like, Humbadana, squash banana. He's like, what, oh, does, that yeah, e- dude, what does that even so mean? Much. It means you are a baboon and I am not. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yes, that's oh a my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's going to be it for our podcast. If you want more behind the scenes, um, follow us on Twitter at uh, Disney Cassette. Um, we'll be tweeting random things, and we'll probably tweet the next movie that we're watching. Which, we don't really which, know. which is That Darn Cat. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to watch that. <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> Google oh my it. Gosh, just Google it. Well, we'll be informing Brianna of what that darn cat is after this. If but... you don't know what that darn cat is, <laughs> apparently look it up. Um, I'll probably tweet it after I found it. Um, so anyways, yeah, go follow us on Twitter. Um, stay tuned. We don't know when our next podcast is going to be coming out because we're adults and um, life <laughs> happens. But uh, yeah, we'll be updating our Twitter page as soon as we know. So anyways, uh, tell your friends. Share this around, and um, from everybody in Catherine's apartment and in Ben's house in Minneapolis, uh, bye! 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 See you soon!